welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me to discuss the 25th anniversary of the Buffy Season 2 episode, School Hard, I have writer and author of Bloody Fool for Love, Will Ritter. And we have, from NBC's The Voice and co-producer and creator of Cat Robichaux's Misfit Cabaret, Cat Show. Hi! Hi! Hey! I'm so glad to have you both here. Uh, before we get into the episode, though, I'd love to hear your Buffy origins. Kat, would you like to go first? Yes, and I will try and make it short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I um, I co-produce and write and star in a musical variety show based in the Bay Area, San Francisco, called Cat Roby Show's Misfit Cabaret. And we are a musical variety show. We're kind of like a framed narrative, like a variety show within a musical or a musical within a variety show. And each one is themed. We've been doing this. I, we've been doing this show for like seven years, and I write a handful nice. of brand new shows each year. We're coming up on our fifth original Halloween show that we've ever done. And my partner, Jordan Nathan, and I were trying to decide, okay, what's the theme we're going to do this year? And we both were like, we've never tackled vampires before. Why don't we just do like a whole vampire show? Well, our show leans heavily on pop culture references. Um, And so usually what I'll do is, you know, my research, I'll watch a ton of movies and just make sure I'm really well versed in Mm -hmm. the, you know, the genre, the theme that we're doing. And I know that so many of our fans are really big Buffy the Vampire fans. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, I had never watched a show. I'd grown up you know, I'm I'm an 80s baby, so I grew up like watching the movie and I liked the movie, <laughs> but um, I'd never seen the show. So I went on Facebook and I was like, hey, everybody, I'm going to start watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And people freaked out and they were like, oh, my God, um, we're so excited <laughs> that you're getting into this. This is incredible. But you also have to watch Angel at the same time and you have to watch it in this specific order. And I was like, all right you're on. I'm doing it. And I will admit the first season, I was kind of confused. I hit up my friend Dave, who's uh, one of my favorite people. He's a puppeteer. He works with us all the time. He's got a he's got a puppeteer group called Shadow Circus Creature Theater. Oh, and I cool. knew he was a really big fan of Buffy. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't all vampires. She's fighting like a monster a week. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And he's like, just get past the first season. I promise. I'm like, all right. <laughs> So I'm watching it and I get to season two and then I get to the episode that we're going to be discussing today. And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) And I fell head over heels in love with Spike. Um, And that's when I super, super, super got into the show and got completely obsessed with it to the point where I watched all of all of seven seasons of Buffy all five seasons of Angel within one month and was sobbing. Wait, within one month? Within one (laughs) month. Holy shit, I'm impressed. (laughs) I was staying up until like 4 uh, a.m. on my iPhone, like with my headphones in. I I just, I couldn't because, well, here's the thing. I I really enjoy a lot of Angel. I do. Mm. But like, it's difficult. Well, the first two seasons were great. And then, but anyway, um, (laughs) but you know, like, so I'm watching Angel, I'm like, and I'm looking at the list and I'm like, okay, if I just watch two more episodes of Angel, then I can get back to watching Buffy. And uh, no, and and at the the last season of Buffy, I'm so glad I was alone in my apartment because I just, (laughs) I 
I ugly sobbed for oh, no. hours. I was, I it was, it was horrible. And then, so then I couldn't deal with, with it being gone. I, you know, I watched season five of Angel, but I wasn't super satisfied with that. And then I have a fan was a friend who has all of the comics. So she mm. gave me her two giant tubs of comics. I read mm. all of that. Um, and then did something I've never done before. I got into fanfic. I've never read fanfic before. <laughs> oh and my so god, I love that. Oh my god. <laughs> this is your fanfic origin story too. <laughs> Crazy. I found uh my my friend told me about Elysian Fields. Um, and so I started reading, and so I've probably god, I've probably read like well over 50. Uh, it's the only thing I read now. I actually took a break to read your book, Will. <laughs> oh, no. And it's terrible. Which is but... also fanfic, just you know, paid for yeah. by the people who own the, the main fiction. You know? Just oh, but I just love I love it all so much. And so, um, so at the end of my the end of my origin story. Oh, well, still, still, I'm still, you know, it, there's so much. There's so much to um, to just eat up. Then it just it doesn't ever get it doesn't ever get old. It's so 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 much fun. Yeah. But um, so I'm like, okay, how am I going to incorporate Buffy into the show? And I'm like, I'm gonna be Spike. I'm gonna be Spike. <laughs> I'm gonna do Spike drag. I'm gonna write a song that's it, I and I wrote it and I've already recorded it called Dirty Little Secret. Um, and uh, and then I'm going to hire my friend who's a burlesque performer, but is also a, a professional stunt coordinator. Oh. And she's going to be Buffy and I'm going to be Spike. And we are <laughs> going to do a full out fight choreography. And it's going to be like this whole 10 minute thing. And it's just going to be amazing. I'm going to sing Rest in Peace. Um, I'm going to like, oh God. So I'm just so excited. But I've been trying to learn how to do the kip up. Because I know that like all the main actors yeah. Buffy were able to do the kip up. So I've been like beating myself up um, out of the lake, <laughs> like. Every single day, I've got friends who are like, you need to let your muscles rest. I'm like, but I haven't been able to do it yet. So anyway. Um, Wait, so, what's the, what is the kip up? Uh, it's when you're laying on your back and you kick to standing. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah they do really do hard. So <laughs> to be fair, and- <laughs> in some of the, I, I can tell from the camera work, some of them probably weren't that good at it, but they made it look like they could do it. <laughs> but I don't have that. I'm it's live theater. So I got to be awesome. So in conclusion, October 7th through the 22nd at the Alcazar theater in San Francisco, if you want to see me <laughs> um, fall on my ass as Spike, <laughs> please come please come that sounds yeah. amazing <laughs> that does that's so fun that you get to like incorporate shit you love and just like do it like make it your show that's so fun i mean it's what y'all are doing right it's like you just get to you get to like live out your fantasies and like talk about <laughs> stuff that you really love and i i do say that slayer fest like i'm like well i expanded and people are always like well how'd you decide i'm like it's just stuff i like that's what i expanded into like other stuff i like yeah yeah <laughs> um will what is your buffy origin uh, i mean a little less exciting than that i'm not you know putting <laughs> on musicals and and kipping into it uh i so i back when it was on the air originally back when i was in high school and you know at, at the mm. right age to think these you know cool edgy high school characters were, were my you know role model right. kind of types uh i was i was you know off and on into it it was one of those i was a bigger nerd so i was like watching star trek most of the time mm-hmm. uh, but uh so like i got a little into it and i like fantasy that was you know kind of my my genre but not deep dive like i would watch it was nice that it was monster week style because i could watch you know an episode and enjoy it on its own but never really got the full arcs and character growth it was just kind of here was a fun thing uh and so it wasn't until ages later when it was on streaming i don't remember what it was you know netflix or whatever had it first i think it was netflix yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Somebody mentioned like, oh, this is on. I, you know, I loved it so much and you should get into it. Uh, and so I did finally get back into it that way and did the full watch in ways that you couldn't do as easily back when it was originally on. Like you could, you could only literally like right. you watch an episode and then like, I don't know, Simpsons would be on or whatever. Like you didn't get right. the choice to, to binge. Uh, so seeing it one after the other and seeing that like the, the swell of the, of the character arcs and things like that was really made it a lot easier to get hooked. Uh, and and then you get to things like my one of my favorite episodes is like you know the the musical episode the um once more with feeling yeah. where you get the like it's ridiculous and it's like it's stupid and yet it's so good and even mm-hmm. the little nuance like a tiny one off line will tell you so much about a character because they you know they were <laughs> connecting them to all of their arcs at that point uh so yeah I, I got into it then and then um did didn't love Angel as much uh mostly because even on the main show Angel was kind of my least favorite because he was just he was so very broody um he was the very like Anne rice vampire that evolved eventually to being the uh the Ed, uh, edward vampire for twilight right? uh, exactly. and so like whatever i don't want to watch this guy and like cordelia was annoying anyway so like whatever uh and then going i know i know I sacrilege uh, but then what i did finally like uh when i got approached to to do a buffy book i went back and did my rewatch and i was like okay i've got to give angel more of a try and by that point, I had kind of done a turnaround. Like, I still, I love uh, Boreans as an actor. Uh, and I'd seen him on Bones more and gotten to love him a little bit more. And so going back and watching him in Angel, I was able to appreciate him more. And Cordelia, I've kind of flipped at this point. Like, I used to be all about Buffy and Willow were like, well, they were the cool ones. And I've kind of flipped. Like, they gave Cordelia some depth in Angel. Like, she actually, mm-hmm. she was still a spoiled brat, but she was a spoiled brat with character. And so, like, I was able to appreciate it more. Plus, they have the puppet episode in Angel, which is <laughs> yeah, amazing. so good. I do love that episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. We've been going through. So, Kat, it's funny that you said you do like seasons one and two, because I think season one of Angel is, like, truly a, like, chore. Um, but I think it gets better as a good, like, I think seasons three and five are the best seasons of Angel. Um, really? Yeah, I love, <laughs> okay. I, I love Cordelia in season three so much because it feels like in season one, we're still going back and <laughs> forth. Sometimes they're still going back to like, uh, she's just saying mean things. Um, right. But I think Charisma Carpenter and James Marsters both have mm-hmm. this, this like charm, but also problem where they have chemistry with like any person they share a scene with. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) So like either of them could have been paired off with like any character and I would have bought it because I think both of them are like very good at being charming. Visiting Angel now season one, I'm like, oh shit, it is there because her and Angel do get, and just as friends, but I love, I love like close friends too. then like falling in love. That's like, the romance trope I like. Yeah. And like the close friendness, it, you buy it almost immediately. Like they have a lot of scenes where it's like, you know, after Doyle dies when she's like, Hey, you don't have to be that person with me. Like I am your friend. Talk to me about your grief. Mm-hmm. And that's like immediately giving her more depth and also showing yep. like, she's not trying to like get in his pants or fuck him at that point. She's just like, Hey, you're my friend. I care about you. Talk to me about your grief. Yeah. And I think that's like really important for later on for buying their, I mean, it doesn't happen and it drives me nuts, but like their like yeah. <laughs> romance. Terrible. Such a letdown. <laughs> right. I know. It's funny when I first, when I watched the show, when it was on air, because I didn't fully watch Angel all the time, I like, cause for me, I'm not big on like shipping. Like I don't really care. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I like <laughs> both Spike and Angel for Buffy. And in my brain, mm-hmm. neither of them were allowed to love anyone else ever. Um, <laughs> and so, like, even though by the time him and Cordelia, like, we've mostly gotten to Buffy and Spike already, I still, in my brain, was like, but no, Angel has to stay in love with Buffy forever. He can't like anyone else. <laughs> no, that, that irritated me. Like, that was the, that was, I felt the betrayal um, from like, okay, so Angel has his own show. He's living his own life. He has a son. He he does all of this crazy stuff. And then when he comes back at the end of season seven on Buffy, the audacity of him, you know what I I mean? See, I I always feel like, I don't know. I, I, I like that. I do like it, even though I'm like all in on her and Spike at that point. I do Mm -hmm. like it just because like, what do you think about it? I, I forget. <laughs> no. We like forget that they're like 20. So I'm like, I know. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. She wouldn't be able to pick between like the two men she loves the most. Like, all right. It's not like it's Riley coming in and she's kissing him. No. Uh, yeah. Right. And I, I no, and I am not, well, I'm not a fan of Riley. I'm definitely not a fan of Riley. It was like, I, he needs to leave. He needs to, he has overstayed his welcome on this show. It's funny because season four, I never liked him, but going through it for the podcast, I was like, okay, when they first introduce him, I see the charm. Cause it's like, eh, he's just like this, like kind of dopey, almost himbo dude. Who's like very nice. <laughs> um, and sure. I do think the my defense of him and Kennedy both is that mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with a hot <laughs> rebound. It doesn't right. have to be forever love. And like, sure. that's, that's how I think of both of them is like, all right, Willow wanted to like have like, Fuck at the end of the world. Okay. And Kennedy yeah. was hot. Kennedy was like there and very obviously wanted her. So like, sure. Do I think they're better than Willow and Tara? No, of course not. Um, but that's how I feel about Riley, where it's like she was getting over Angel. He was like boring. But then in season five, I like actively dislike him because it's like, you're being an asshole and her mother is dying. Like, yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah. He's the worst. And that, oh my God. Uh, it's just like oh um when he at the end of i think it's i think it's pangs at the end of that episode when when she's like you have a lot to learn about women he goes you're gonna teach me no woman wants to hear that ever gross yeah (laughs) um please but okay okay, we are here to talk about school hard yeah which i revisiting this is an episode that i do forget is very good like Mm. i i like the it's a plot we don't get again, but I like them going into like, ooh, they're invading the school and every I like all the characters having to split up and like mm-hmm. so I'm curious, just uh, overall thoughts. Uh Will, how do you feel about this episode when revisiting it? It's really I this is one that I did watch several times when I was g- going into writing for Spike, because it's one of his I mean, it's right. debut, it's more. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wa- I was watching it. And some of his much later ones, like into season five, especially. Mm. And it's hard because it's such an important episode. It's got so many cornerstone introductions. It's got some of my favorite one-liners. Mm-hmm. But compared to the later stuff, it's just technically not as good. The mm-hmm. like you've got like his fangs in the very first scene, I'm just cringing because they don't fit his face. Like they were not planning on using James Marsters as much as they wound up using him. And so you could tell like, this was the guy they were plugging in for the monster of the week for, you know, this season or whatever. Uh, And whatever, throw some makeup on him, give him some fangs, let him do his lines. 
And so it's just, they weren't putting as much time into it. And there's just little, you know, there's things that they wind up needing to retcon later uh, that as I'm watching it, I'm like, it's, it's good. And there's things in it that I really love. And like, you know, what we'll get in later talking about fave scene and things like that. Like there's moments in it that are some of my favorite moments in the series, but as a whole, it was, it was hard because I was watching it back and forth with some of my actual favorite episodes mm-hmm. and it, doesn't hold up in some ways so yeah i'll get into that more when we get into details all right Mm -hmm. all right kat i'm curious what did you think revisiting it well i agree with will um it is not my favorite spike episode Mm -hmm. but it is a really good episode yeah and i and what i wrote was um spike's first episode is perfectly book ended with his two main vices destruction and women (laughs) um (laughs) you know his entrance he has spike has so many entrances in this first episode you know his first entrance when he crashes into the sign iconic right (laughs) i love that yes so good his second entrance with drew is iconic and scary yeah and then his third entrance with buffy you know where he's Mm -hmm. that the like you were saying will those lines you know what happens saturday i kill you like it's just so good and it's one of those one another thing that really drew me to Buffy, and uh, as I as I watched the episodes, I realized this isn't just another show. This there's something very special yeah. about this series, is how they would end episodes. Mm-hmm. Like there would be some kind of twist or quirk, right? Yeah. And I remember because um, I don't even know. I, I the first time I watched the show was March. And since then, I've gone on many, many journeys, um, and I can't even remember who said it first. But they were, they were talking about how we all thought that we were going to be saddled with um, the Anointed One, right? Uh, right. Who was yeah. who was universally regarded as a boring character, right. which is too bad because it's such a nice detail to have this like kid vampire is like yes. so subtly tragic. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, but. But you know, but it's was just, yeah. he, he, it was boring. And then he, and then Spike comes in and just it like, nope, sorry, I'm I'm taking <laughs> over. It was just so brilliant. Um, you know, yeah. the only thing I liked about the Anointed One, honestly, is when Spike first enters, you can like watch the Anointed. He is so into it. <laughs> he is like he is. His jaw is on the floor. He's just like, who is this guy? Like yeah. he is all about it. It's hilarious. And anyway. <laughs> I, a thing I do appreciate about, not that I like the Anointed One, but I appreciate their dedication to continuity. Because, like, realistically, they didn't need to have, right? Like, they could have just, like, never shown him again after season one, and it mm-hmm. would have been fine. Because um, he didn't really do anything. But I, I appreciate their, like, well, we did say he was a big bad. We need to, like, resolve that. Yeah. Right. And, like, I do appreciate the show does that a lot, where they're, like, they stick the continuity. And I think... That's one of the things that I like one of like the seeing a show, a genre show that would like have characters that like weave in and out. And Will, you mentioned Star Trek. I was also a big Star Trek kid. Mm-hmm. And you know, Star Trek so often would have a character you're supposed to care about that we never see again yep. or in one episode. <laughs> and like eh. um, Doctor Who does the same thing. And like I right. like that Buffy, while it still would do that, but it most of the time, you know, like a character like Amy, she's only in a handful of episodes, but they still like, you know who she is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harmony, yeah. like, I didn't realize mm-hmm. how few episodes she is in of the first three seasons until I went through it for the podcast. Like in my brain, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, she's always with Cordelia, but she's only in like two or three episodes a season until she mm-hmm. becomes a vampire. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that's like, 
really smart writing uh, to be like, yeah, you were like, you don't need to be paying attention, but if you do, it's like a fun payoff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're part of the world, even if you're not right. zooming in on them. Right. Yeah. So we open on Principal Snyder, which I don't know how either <laughs> you feel, but like he is maybe my favorite character to hate. I love on the show, him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> fair. Fair. Like he is such a good actor as Snyder. Yes. <laughs> and like his scenes are just like it's fun to hate him, right? It just is. Yeah, he's such a good character actor. He's phenomenal. He's a, but it's such a massive overreach. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, what has Buffy done? Right. You <laughs> can really nail her on. This is just, it's really, yeah. it's, it's like, what is his problem? <laughs> I, think, I think someone said this in our uh, season premiere recording. They're like, what is his beef with this 16 year old? Seriously. Or like, you, any, you do get the hints in this that he knows more more than he's letting us yeah. get to the end, and he's like, oh, we can't tell them the truth. Right. Uh, but also, like, at the same time, like, you're, you could be covering for her on purpose because you know what's happening, but instead you're just being a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> and from like working in a school, my like going back and rewatching this, I was watching it with my wife and she's like, she also works in a school. She's a teacher. She's like, wait a minute. So they're putting kids who assaulted a teacher with pruning shears <laughs> and burnt down a building in charge of organizing and running a school function for <laughs> parents. Like, yeah. Even when you get the bet, like a plus, like overachiever leadership students, they still need a massive amount of uh, oversight. If they're going to organize something, the parents are going to see, like, why would you put your degenerates who you're thinking of kicking out of school in charge of something that is supposed to be the face of the school? Right. Yeah. And also who's paying for it. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we meet the, I mean, I, I was talking about how good the show is about, but we meet Sheila, who is it's the worst. I love her. She's so love- bad. <laughs> I wrote that she's crying out for help. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is weird because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Buffy doesn't even stake her, right? Mm, she just runs she axes off. Her. She Does she get axed? Yeah, she gets axed. Okay, yeah. she does. Okay. I... I literally just, I was just telling Will how I just finished the episode. And I was like, wait, do I remember if she got, but like, (laughs) it's weird that like, I kind of, that would have been a fun character to like pop up every once in a while as like, she's doing something. Buffy has to fight her. Um, But so we meet Sheila. She is the other bad girl, quote unquote at school. Well, she actually is. Buffy is not. Um, Right. mm -hmm. They both have to like do the decorations and set up everything for the upcoming parent teacher night. And I do like we then cut to the Scoobies and it's like Willow and Xander telling Buffy how bad Sheila is. Like I, they right. say, like, that's her boyfriend. She can bring home to mom. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. And I do like when Xander's like, what is he say? like? Oh, nothing could go wrong. And they're like, oh, my God, that's the ultimate jinx. Now something <laughs> will go wrong. And it does. <laughs> cut spike entrance. Yeah, that's so right. <laughs> yeah. And so, yes, we cut to the spike entrance, which I fucking love. I think it's like. <laughs> such a good entrance and i don't know like the show's very good with entrances but you're we all said earlier he does get like three very good entrances this one's still my favorite though because Uh i just i love that he crashes a car over the sign i love that he lights a cigarette and is like ah home sweet home now we're Mm -hmm. this is my new home Um, it's such a good intro for a character that they didn't know would be as important as he would become right Mm mm-hmm then so we cut to post-credits, Vampires and the Anointed right. One are discussing the St. Vigius. Um, 
Will, you have written in this universe. The only thing I kept thinking was, okay, but also what happened on St. Vigius? Like, wouldn't something have still happened that night? Right, yeah, you think... I. I like to think that maybe there's like other vampires in other places near other hellmouths that are maybe having cool <laughs> adventures right now. But yeah, this this St. Vigius night gets wasted completely. Yeah. 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 Cause I was like, what is, I mean, it's still happening. And they said that was a big deal, but whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> so discussing that. And then uh, I liked it. The one, when the one vampire says like, Oh, it's like the crucifixion. I would know I was there. And right. If every vampire who claimed he was at yeah. the crucifixion had actually been there, it'd be like Woodstock. Yeah. yeah. And I love, that's kind of like, like something that sticks in the universe, right? Like yep. vampires pretending or like puffing up their ego. And mm-hmm. I mean, we even learned that about Spike, right? Like this yeah. is the episode where Giles like, Ooh, he killed them with a railroad spike. Mm-hmm. And later on we learn it was his right. tree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's making fun of him for bragging about being somewhere. And in the same breath continues to say, Oh, and I was at Woodstock. Like he starts bragging about having yeah. been there and gotten, you know, gotten high off of a, a hippie <laughs> that he ate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, do either of you watch what we do in the shadows? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. That's another thing I had to watch for my show. <laughs> um, I was thinking that, it, that like watching it this time made me think of, <laughs> Um, the season one episode is like, we're trying to like, Yeah. <laughs> the drug blood. I love that yes. episode. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I am constantly <laughs> wanting, I think James Marsers and Juliet Landau really oh should make God. like, have like a one-off episode or even mm. recurring. Um, Cause they would fit so well as like, just have them play Spike and Drusilla, but like call them something else. Like, right. Yeah. Um, and I actually, when I had Juliet Landau on the podcast, she said, I want to write to that show because I think I could guest on that show. And I was like, you should. Oh, right. That would be a fan favorite. Oh, for sure. That would be amazing. Yeah. But so this whole cat speak about this, because this is also a very good spike entrance. It is. It's what do so you think good. about it? Well, first of all, I, I saw parallels between this scene and the scene in Jaws when they're having the town meeting and Quint comes in. And scratches his nails uh, on the blackboard because he literally says, you know, he says, I'll do you Slayer for you. Right. And (laughs) Quint is very much like, I'll catch the shock for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's just, it's everything. I love the little turn that they do. You know, Mm -hmm. I also, I think it's really interesting. uh, The choices that they made when they show their vamp faces and and when they don't, because like, when Spike, we don't see Spike's uh, human face until Drew enters. You know, we first yep. meet him yeah, yeah. as a super rough looking, is super rough looking vampire. <laughs> um, <laughs> bless James Marshers for acting through those teeth. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so you don't see him soften mm-hmm. until Drew uh, walks in and he immediately yeah. like, you know, and it's also, um, you realize this is a very different vampire because yeah. mm-hmm. he's a gentleman. He's taking his coat off for her. He's yeah. worshiping her. And you were saying that like Spike and An- Angel don't get to love anybody but Buffy, but Spike loved Drew yeah. for yeah. a really long time. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking the other day about the devastation of losing Drew. I mean, he lost her once to eight. I mean, you know, there's the whole right. Yeah, love triangle. That's the other audacious stuff that makes me really angry. Like once you realize what a complete dick Angel was as right? Angelus, and then you get into the whole thing of like, okay, but Spike made all of these changes and became a better person without a soul. Yeah. And Angel loves to, this is a little bit later in the episode, but Angel is hiding. Mm-hmm the knowledge that he has about Spike 
because it's too much a reveal about the person that right. he used to be. Yeah. That he doesn't want anybody to know about the monster that he was. Because every time he looks at Spike, he, it's a mirror. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he hates Spike so much. It's just a reminder of what a monster he was. Yeah. It, it's funny that you mentioned, like, because, yeah, he, I, I very much, he does love Drusilla. Like, he he loves yeah. her. And I like, in a way, Darla and Angelus loved each other, but, like, in a different, more, mm. like, evil, sinister, like, we like killing people together and fucking, but, like... <laughs> Spike and Drusilla was that plus yeah. actual love, I do think. Totally. Well, yeah, totally. He's, it, he, it gets into what makes Spike Spike is because he's a Romeo. Like, he's absolutely yeah. the, like, romantic to a toxic degree. And, and it's yeah. like, what we see whenever people become turned is we see that only their negative traits survive into their, like, soulless version. Mm. So, like, his mother was sweet and loved him. And when he turns his mother, she's this awful, horrible person because the nice parts of her don't survive. Uh, and so the fact that when he got turned by Juliet, or when he gets when he gets turned by uh, Drew, uh, we see that, who I guess is kind of his Juliet, um, we see that, like, his toxic romantic self the, the version of him that has to be like 100 head over heels in love with someone even if it's bad that part of him survives and so he still yeah. stays absolutely a romantic with drew and then drew kind of becomes his rosalind as he then eventually becomes head over heels in love with buffy uh, yeah. so that part of him he can't not be a romantic because it's one of the, the few parts of his original personality that absolutely stays even as he becomes a monster i love that i've I, never thought about it that way yeah, I, I really, hmm, you must have written us a book about Spike. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's funny. Um, so, Kat, I know you've been binging, so I might be uh, repeating myself. But I don't know if you listened to our interview with James Marsters. Um, of course I did. <laughs> I love that he said that he always played Spike with a soul. That he was like, yeah. he said something like, I cheated a little. I always yep. played him with a little bit of a soul. And like, I think that's what makes him... I, like sure he can say it's cheating but like that make, that's what makes spike more interesting right yep. is that we do see that even though him and drusilla are like legit murderers he does <laughs> love her and care for her yeah. um and like even going into season five when we get that flashback of their breakup i do think even though she's right and he was in love with buffy by then he was still heartbroken that drew dumped oh. him oh yeah, yeah. Right? he was devastated we're a chaos demon, no less. <laughs> yes, he I was love... in denial. Right. right. Yeah, he was in denial. But like, I I still believe like that was still heartbreaking. You know what I mean? It was still heartbreaking, yeah. even though he was in love with someone else. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, that's like such interesting character work. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I mean, we were talking a lot about James Marsden. Juliet Landau was also very fucking good, right? So good. Both of them so are good. fire in this episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, the, like, creepy lullaby music that plays yes. and enters. And the way that, like, we just saw Spike being, like, bragging and, like, puffy chest, like, quote-unquote manly man. But then when Drusilla comes, he softens and he's mm -hmm. like, oh, my love, what are you doing? And she's like, will you kill her? Like, will you, do you do it for princess? And he's like, of mm -hmm. course. And, like, yeah. I just... They are so good together. Like so good. And she and doesn't need the the like the vampire makeup for her first entrance to be <laughs> subtly yeah. horrifying. Nope. She's so good. She's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it really is like this like Victorian like spirit that enters. Yes. And it's just like she's so good. And like I love Juliet Lando. I retroactively I would never erase this, but if we only got Spike as a villain and it was like him and Drusilla, like that is still fucking interesting. Like mm -hmm. that is 
still enjoyable to watch, right? Yeah. And I remember in like season four being like, oh, I would like kind of miss Drusilla. But then once he had the chemistry with Buffy sure. and even the rest of the Scoobies, it was like, okay, wait, that's that is fun to watch too. Yeah. Will, do you want to mention some of the stuff he does say that does come to fruition later? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of different things that, that come out. I mean, early on, you've got him sort of talking about you know little references that will come back in. So like, yeah, you almost got killed in Prague and things like that that, that they've yeah. they tie back into. Um, we do get, I don't know, or early on in this episode, we get little like moments of him with. Drusilla talking about like you know her getting her strengths back and things like that that are going to come through. But then we also get the the things that they need to retcon later on, like like you mentioned <laughs> yeah. the um, you know, William the bloody got his name for torturing victims with railroad spikes. And then we learn that it's really because he was a bloody awful poet. Mm-hmm. Um, we get mention Giles mentions that he's barely two hundred, which they also retcon. He's not two hundred yet, yeah, based like on the, like the official time. Yeah, <laughs> one forty if you count his human years, but one twenty if you count just his vampire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the angel being his sire, which they retcon to yeah. uh, include Drusilla as the as the in between there. Do you think uh, they did that so it like wasn't too gay back then? I don't know, like. Right? I, it would have it would have been fun to see. I, I like the story of Drusilla needing a pet. I like that like her yeah. needing somebody to make up for Angel still being more obsessed with Darla, which makes good sense. So I like the way they went with it. I think again, I, you can have all these throwaway lines if you're only planning on using them for a dozen episodes. Uh, it True, gets a yeah. lot harder <laughs> once he's an established like a main. Right. Yeah. And then we also he does mention he killed Slayers. Yes. Yeah. And you never you never get the name of the Slayer that he kills in Beijing on screen. He, yeah. he mm. they do eventually give her a name um in the I think comics later on. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, she's never named, but it's just this offhand, oh yeah, I've killed a few and just you know just yeah. offhanded <laughs> low remarks. I oh, so the we get another funny cut here where he says something like about that Slayer, is she tough? Yeah, and then we cut to Buffy brushing her hair, saying, "Ow!" <laughs> it's so they were good. good at the transitions. The show was always good at transitions like that. Yeah, Very good. yeah. I love shit like that. And then we get Joyce giving her a talk about mm. like, <sighs> I know, Cat. What do you think? give me? Give me your hot takes about this. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I learned a long time ago that if you if you really want to get somebody's attention and make them, you know, feel bad, you don't say I'm. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Mm. <laughs> so I just like, why is her mom so harsh? Right? Like, my God. I, I love that. Though. So like, from a storytelling perspective, uh, the whole first season, basically all you get of Joyce is her being naggy mom that they have to get around. And this yeah. is the episode that later on, we'll finally see that turn around. So I get from a story, storytelling perspective, they had to hammer it hard early on with her being obnoxiously naggy. Yeah. Uh, but like, do you so, remember the the movie? Her mom was like an airhead that didn't give a crap about her, right? Yeah, and, God, I, and it's, I did like the movie too. <laughs> I did too. I mean, it's not it's super not as good as the yeah, as yeah, the show. Yeah. But but I mean, come come on, Paul Rubens with the uh, yes, yeah. the long long death, yeah. <laughs> so so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Joyce's problem is. Um, she's yeah. she's just she's like coming down way too hard on Buffy. Buffy's trying so hard to be a good daughter, and then I love the line about what can you really tell about somebody from test results? Like nothing. <laughs> Honestly, they won't nothing. be going out at night. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the early. It's funny because my mom is one that got me into Buffy, uh-huh. and she. I mean, she's seventy six. She's not the like demographic. She was never the demographic. <laughs> right. um, but like my mom 
always hated that Joyce was so mean to Buffy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, listen, a Puerto Rican will hold a grudge. <laughs> and my right. mom never forgave Buffy's mother. <laughs> right. Like, even when, like, we'll talk about it now, she'll be like, oh, I never liked that mother. She kicked her out of her house. Right. <laughs> but so then we cut to the next day at school. Sheila's ditched. She's not helping Buffy do the paint for the signs. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, it's a ridiculous premise. <laughs> yeah, it just is. Um, Giles and Jenny walk in. They talk about the St. Vigius coming up. This scene drives me yeah. crazy, by the way. <laughs> all right, hit me. Why? <laughs> because, uh, just first of all, I'm so sorry. But I think that Giles and Jenny have zero chemistry together. <gasps> I'm so sorry. Um, the other thing is... I love him having a little sweet little romance. <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. But, I mean, she's just... Uh, anyway... The thing that that irritates me about this scene is it looks like it it is so obvious that they are walking to their mark. Right. So watch it. They they enter, they're standing behind, and then they come forward and they go to a mark and then they deliver a line. And it's like a bad school play. And it's so so weird for the show because they don't have that problem. Right. And it's just such a stilted moment of like, this is so this is so weird the way that they've staged this. Um and I can't yeah. and every time I've watched the episode probably like five or six times at this point, and every time that stops me and takes me out of the scene. Yeah, <laughs> earlier we we have the scene that such amazing chemistry as we were talking about between Spike and Drew, but we get that mm-hmm. one moment where Spike puts his hand on her heart and it wasn't in frame for him to do that. And so they this and they have him like weirdly lifting his hand up and kind of around her shoulder. Oh, I, know, I love that. And it's, it's like you can tell the only reason that he would do it that way is so that you could see it happening. Like it's just oh. in a shot. Uh, <laughs> so there are moments like that. And then later on, you'll get like uh, Cordelia supposedly whittling spikes in the least convincing way. Um, so yeah, there are oh, a few yeah. there are a few moments like like this where yeah, I, I get the staging is visibly staging. It's so weird. But so they're talking about that. And this is when I early season Giles, it's like, oh, but I, I love the development. I love seeing how he's more. This is when I he's still Giles. like slaying is your job and like right. more harder on her. And it's so funny because right like halfway through the season is when he immediately is becomes her father. Like, he's so sweet, man. you know what, like five, maybe 10 episodes from now, he like gives her that like very fucking fantastic like dad speech where he's like mm. you want judgment yeah. from me you're not gonna get it like yeah mm-hmm. and even ugh, by the end cry. of this this episode you'll get him like absolutely like his defensive you know, I, you know yeah. she, she's my slayer i need to go protect her moment kicks in yeah and i i like seeing that development because i do think it like makes sense because to him it was a job yeah. but then it becomes like he does have this like fatherly love for her and yeah. yeah, I just I I buy that chemistry almost immediately between yeah. the two of them. The like father is so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Snyder enters. They cover for <laughs> Sheila. Sheila enters. I do like that she asks Buffy, "Did you really burn down one building?" And she's like, "Not exactly one." <laughs> cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we cut to the bronze. I love that Willow and Buffy are studying at the bronze because that right. makes no sense. <laughs> like, yeah. like, go to one of your one of your houses to study. Right. Xander gets them to dance, and then we see that Spike is watching her. Uh-huh. He sends out another vampire, one of the anointed ones vampires, to go uh-huh. bite someone. We get, the, we get the nice slayer, slayee. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> yes. one. 
terrible, <laughs> wonderful one-liners. I love them. I, I okay. love that shit so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I even think the fight scene with Buffy and this vampire is good. Um, yeah. She does like a weird kick when she's on the ground where she kicks his head, and I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like when he throws her against the, the garage door. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's great. I think it's really interesting that Spike, because I heard James Marsters uh, discuss this um, on your show, mm. where he was, um, he's he's playing Spike sexually from the very beginning. Yeah, sure. Um, so even, I mean, even when he's like walking across the bronze and sees Buffy for the first time, that is very sexual. That is an mm. extremely sexual scene. I mean, also, Kat, he is very hot. So like, there's also- <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's so pretty. <laughs> so you and I might be a little biased because it is like I, he's just hot. He's just so hot. <laughs> but yeah, I know. But I but I will say this: it's like I kind of look at uh at all of like the nondescript vampires on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They are the they are the stormtroopers yeah. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's just too easy to kill them. Even like Xander <laughs> can kill them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But um, but so and it's. And it's kind of rare that we actually get to know any of the vampires. I think yeah. we get to know four or five, maybe. Yeah. Just a um, few, yeah. I really like the actor playing the one that she kills in the alley, though. Like, he's actually one of my favorite faceless vampires that we don't care about. But <laughs> There's one that looks just like Adam Driver if he were a vampire in this episode. <laughs> I know the one you're talking about. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah! That's so specific. I don't actually know it's which one. Longer face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know yeah go back and watch it you'll know right. <laughs> i do like the bit of when buffy's like go get my go get me a steak and we see xander going through a purse and he like freaks out, <sighs> out of time. i like, know oh gross women right yeah then the, there's another one i forget where it is but later on in the episode where there's a comment about oh it's, it's cordelia with willow and she's like talking about being on her period and willow's like get you know get an aspirin or whatever uh i th- those felt I don't know, you know, you, you can decide, Kat, whether it felt authentic to you, but those felt very man writing for female characters for me. I, I wasn't as into those. Um, A hundred percent, but it was also, what year was it? Right. It was the 90s, yeah. yeah. 90s, I always, I always take that into account. Do I like yeah. how many times Spike says bitch? <laughs> right, yeah. He's like, he's my most favorite character of all time now, and right. I do not like that. But yeah. I let it slide. Right, because it's like... <laughs> There, there's a lot of things that are like I will say of shows that came out, this doesn't feel as dated as some of them. But That's yeah, fair. there's still it's there not, still is a lot of shit that ooh, like but, Xander's whole but, brand of humor is the oh, yeah. '90s in ways that yeah. irritate me oh. more than they should. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. Xander is no, mm, no, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, but I will say that like, oh god, there's one thing that is super, super, super dated and problematic and very racist that Spike says in oh, uh, yes. Oh, it's bad. It is bad. And it's like the only black person, the only person of color in like the yeah. whole episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking rough. Um, and like the fact <laughs> that, that like, you know, we get what, maybe two black characters? Like all of them die. Like, yeah. Yeah, the show is very white. It's a very yeah. white show. Yeah. Um, again, like very much a product of its time. Like, yes. I remember when we, had, when we had Jay August Richards on, he actually said that he was cast because the WB put out like all of our shows have to have at least one like main character that's a person of color and that was like why they created gun um but so she takes that vampire she has her encounter first encounter with spike and cat what does he tell her (laughs) 
<laughs> um, nice work. <laughs> love. Nice work, love. Who are you? Oh, God. Um, I'll see you Saturday. Yeah. What happens yeah. on Saturday? I kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good... And I love that, like... Okay, first of all, Spike is smart because he's not fighting her himself. He's watching to see how mm-hmm. she fights. Yeah, yeah. And then he creeps out from the shadows. He doesn't get anywhere near her. And his stance is such that you can tell he's going to run at any chance mm-hmm. if she approaches him. Because he's not... He's trying to be cool, but he but yeah. looks very awkward in the way he's standing. Like mm-hmm. almost almost like he's standing at an angle if you if you watch. And I, I think that that's really interesting. I don't know if that's because he had to stand that way to get <laughs> right. a certain shot, but to me it felt like a choice. Mm-hmm. And um and I just I just really love that. Um I also think it's interesting because this happens so many times throughout the series. I even wrote, wrote a song about it. Um, just like cute little, uh, TikTok. You didn't kill him. And now he's your problem at spike. <laughs> because like Buffy has many chances to kill him and yes. she oh, doesn't, yeah. she just, he's the villain that, that week after week, she just lets him get away. Like at the end of Halloween. Right. Yeah. She just lets him run away. I just rewatched that episode the other day and I was like, Wait, why does she just? Why is she? Just no reason, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the end of uh, at the end of this episode, um, the once you know, once Buffy's mom, I, I guess right. Buffy wasn't trying to like reveal herself to her mother. The taste could be made for that one, but I feel like the rest of them, it's like, why didn't you kill him? <laughs> why didn't yeah. you kill him? I mean, I'm glad you didn't. But right, yeah, <laughs> right. Bad choices make good stories. Because <laughs> if you thought it's okay, <laughs> yeah, then I, I get it, girl. Like I understand. <laughs> Um, so then we we cut to uh, Sheila and Spike grabs yeah. her. Mm. He brings her to Drusilla. We, I, yes. I forgot that we meet Miss Edith. Yes. This is also the introduction of Miss Edith. Well, can I just say I love the origin story you gave Miss Edith. It's so good. Shit. Yes. So uh, I don't believe you've read it yet, Ian. So no spoilers. I don't, but I don't I mind am... a spoiler if you if you want to tell the story. I, I did. Well, I won't give to it. Is, no. it is, it's not fully revealed toward the end of until the toward the yeah. end okay. of Bloody Fool for Love. But yes, People I did give. Book. <laughs> a, uh, I did give an origin story for Miss Edith because I love Miss Edith. I love that she continues making appearances throughout the series. Yes, yes. I it's such a weird staple, but it is. It's a <laughs> <Right>? staple. Like <laughs> Yeah. And the way that she the way that she carefully picks the doll up and mm-hmm. rotates it. Yes. It's yeah. a very tactile thing that I just love to yes, watch. Yes, because she she speaks out of turn, so she will have mm-hmm. no cakes today. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. She doesn't get to watch. She's so good. And I love that, like, you know, she's she's like, I'm not hungry. And Spike's like, you need to eat. And then we see right. that Sheila's <laughs> I love the, the sweetness of that, where you get Sheila hanging out in the background. And then, oh, just promise me one thing, love. Eat something. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's being nice as he feeds this torture victim to his yeah. girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Hey, where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. There's a really cool, there's a really, really cool, um, uh, scene right there when she's about to eat uh sheila because Mm. like the camera you know the camera shows uh drusilla as regular human and then the camera cuts Mm -hmm. away and when the camera cuts back drusilla is a vampire and it's like that is brilliant yeah yeah Yeah, i do really like that and like i don't know if it was 
because you know they weren't good at doing the turn yet but i i think it's more effective right than like it's so much more effective yeah. than than the bad cgi yeah. of yeah. spike turning his head <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah it's way be- it's way better so we cut to school buffy has made the punch i like the the thing i liked is that we we allow buffy to be sometimes a little like ditzy cuz i relate to that <laughs> sure her origin yeah Right. And Willow's like, did you add sugar? And we see her taste it. She's like, well, oh, it's fine. It's great. Like, um, and then later, Cordelia, you should have some punch. Yeah. <laughs> Joyce shows up. Uh, they are trying to keep Joyce away from Snyder, away from all the teachers, which Although, again, I'm like, why would all the rest of the teachers hate her? <laughs> I, get, I, I also have to point out, like, from a teacher's perspective, this is a three hour parent night for some reason and like they literally show us the hours passing in which all of the parents are just like hanging out mingling like it's an awkward middle school party like the the people writing this one clearly had no idea what actually like what a parent night might look like and what what schools are like so that was weird but also it's so it's so weird to me two and a half hours pass and supposedly willow has been walking joyce around and she hasn't talked to any of the teachers yeah two and a half hours of just bouncing around the school yeah super weird weird. (laughs) they made that choice (laughs) they wanted to show us it was two and a half hours so weird i like i do love that cordelia's like is that your mom that's a woman who knows how to moisturize i do like that line right yes (laughs) right and then what is it snyder comes over and he's like they they finally meet Mm. we need to have a talk yes and then what happens, Will? Uh, yeah, so they do. They do finally get a chance to to meet and have their talk. Uh, I love Armin Shimmerman. Like he's just he's mm. delightful uh, as an actor because you do kind of hate him. Uh, so we don't know what he's what he said, but you've gotten the, the fact that he's given away that her daughter is being obnoxious. Uh, and at this point, she has tried to claim that her mother doesn't speak a word of English, and he's giving her like the eyes, like I know. But then you mm-hmm. do finally get weirdly, he's like turning off lights at the far end of the of the hallway. Yeah. And that that was never clear to me as to why he's doing that, <laughs> but it does create the nice like ambiance for the vampires to bust in. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then we finally we finally get the climactic like you know things are going down moment in the in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And Spike and the vampires crash through the window. And I almost feel like this is also a good character beat of Spike saying, I hate waiting, so I'm going to do it now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that tracks for him, right? Yeah. Had they, I don't, I don't remember, had they established at this point that vampires can enter any public space? Because there was like a back and forth about like the spaces mm. that they need uh, permission yeah. to enter and not. And Angel says some things that get retconned later, and it's just like maybe he was lying because, I don't know, we'll give an excuse for why it works. We only get that, especially going through Angel season one, they really are fast and loose with the rules. Yeah. Super fast and loose. Yeah. yeah. And Angel is a liar. That's true. <laughs> they, they also, like, some supernatural creatures do have the power to, like, need permission and others don't. And yeah, there's yeah. a little. But in, in Passion, he does say that there's, like, the sign in the school, like, all ye who seek knowledge. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So there was kind of a blanket welcome they gave to the school. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, and they that that's something they are slightly consistent with that, like if there's a welcome, whatever that sort, yeah. welcome mat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So they they bust through, and I actually like love the like separations. I like Cordelia and Willow having to be together. I love when mm-hmm. they yeah. pair off characters. Yeah. 
Also, I liked seeing Willow be like the badass one, right? Like, yeah, the, the vampire with Cordelia. She's yeah, yeah. <laughs> the vampire grabs Cordelia and she gets like that big bust and smacks yeah. it over the head. I was like, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Can I say though, and this is this is going all the way to season seven when Buffy keeps saying that Spike is our strongest warrior. Um, Spike is thwarted by a plastic chair. <laughs> yeah i want to just point that out <laughs> we watch vampires like rip stone out of a wall and stuff and yet they can't shoulder their way through a school door during this nope. scene nope. yeah there's some just <laughs> interesting choices they're also supposed to have really great hearing and there's that one vampire who's got his back towards buffy and she's making all kinds of noise right. <laughs> and she's just sneaking up on him like turn yep. around can't you hear what's going on and another anyway. thing the show is not so consistent about is the strength. <laughs> right. Like we just recorded for the last Angel episode recorded for was uh, Eternity. And there's this like the actress that he's like trying to save. Like it's only like regular dudes that are like we learn later. It's stuntmen that are attacking her. And he has like trouble fighting them when like right. in other scenes he'll take down like five demons at once. And like a human should not be stronger than a demon. Yeah. But, what is but it called? Hell, hell math? Hell math? Right, right yeah. Math. Um, um, I want to know why an angel, vampires can pretty much fly. <laughs> they can't in Buffy. Yes. <laughs> Narrative <laughs> convenience. I do like the flying, but I, I yeah, love it's, the flying. It's weird out of nowhere um, added on. But so we get, so then Buffy saves her mom and Snyder and some other teachers. They like go into a classroom. Giles, Jenny, yeah. and Xander go in the library. Yeah, I just, and I think, well, the show is never that well lit in these first two seasons. Season two, they get better as it goes oh, along. Yeah, it's really grainy. But I do like it being all dark. Like, I do think that works for, like, the chaos. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what you two thought. Did, did that work for you, or was it just, like, too annoying to see everyone? No, I think, again, because a lot of this one felt just a little rough in the ways that the first few seasons do. Mm. I think the I think the darkness really helps to shade some of that. It allows for the mm-hmm. sort of willing suspension of disbelief to kick in a little bit more so that you're like, yeah. sure, yeah, things were things were clearly hard and difficult and people were fighting. I don't need to notice that that punch didn't come anywhere close to landing. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think um I I agree. I think it's the darkness is really cool and it adds mm. it adds to like the horror element. It makes it scarier. Yes, yeah. It's like it's like when you're watching um a horror film from the 80s and everything's really smoky Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so i really appreciate that there's actually there's one scene where um it's the first scene where joyce and uh principal snyder and the the, the two other people they're Mm. all in that room they've barricaded themselves and it's really cool camera work because it it goes from one person saying a line to the next person to the next person as they're saying the line they're turning and the camera's panning out so it's like boom line boom line and it's yeah. just um it's really cool the way they do that but i think i think it is really cool to see the graininess that you get from something not being well lit and the camera's like doing its best but it's yeah. you know it's overcompensating on uh, missing uh, uh information material whatever you call it yeah but um i love it and i yeah. and i i wrote down that um what's what's crazy to me is that like spike Spike's character arc throughout the seven seasons or the really the six seasons is incredible. Mm. And by the time I finished watching season seven, 
And I'm not even going to talk about season five of Angel because I feel like he just becomes a character of himself. But uh, he really does. But like, but um, going back and rewatching all of the seasons, it's like Spike is a complete stranger. And when you see him in this first episode, he's horrifying. Yeah. When he's walking along the halls. It's just, it's creepy because there's like the way they shoot it, there's no music. It's dark. He's a vampire. The The ceiling. Yeah. So good. I love also that he's, they they did a nice job with him throughout of playing up that like cliche creepiness with his ludicrous. So that you get the like, um, do we really need weapons for this? I just like them. They make me feel all manly. Like you get yeah. those like nice little like jokey moments. Um, and then it'll be God late season four, maybe early. It must, it must have been start of season five, right before he gets shipped, where we get him coming back in eventually. And you expect the same kind of cliches like you saw in this episode, where he's like on the bluff overlooking the street, and he's, oh, yeah, he's yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, "The big bad is back, and this time it's." And then instead <laughs> of getting the like, yeah, instead of getting the like, you know, this time it's personal like cliche moment, you get him getting tased and falling down. And it's so perfect because they've set it up in this episode that you expect him to be like this all the time. So whenever he's mm-hmm. not or he trips over a planter or whatever it's great yeah 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 and like yes i the the, a thing that i do love about the first two seasons i would say by season three they mostly drop it is that they still try to incorporate a lot of horror elements into the show yeah Mm Yeah, you oh, get the so, black and white, uh, on, like the blinds coming in with the uh, mm-hmm. Joyce in the principal scene. It looks very mm. noir. It looks very horror. Yeah. 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 And like, I do like it. And I do think, I mean, you know, none of us are like having nightmares about it, but I do think it works in like making it a little bit more heightened in like the like, oh shit, I, these people might die or something like that. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we do get episodes like Hush and Conversations with Dead People that are yes. definitely like, so good. are very horror. But for the most part, I do think they mostly drop the horror element. Yeah. Uh, they're clearly very aware of their tropes. Like they're they're yes. aware of their genre. We even get the line. I think it's yeah. In, in this episode, you get the line where. Uh, Angels first meets up with Spike and he, he says, you know, people feel, still falling for that Anne Rice routine. And you're like, yeah, this is the trope. This is the brooding vampire trope that we're used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like, so Giles sends, I love that suddenly Giles like, oh, there's a back exit, blah, 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 blah. And it's fine. And <laughs> sure. Xander gets out like, sure, fine. Um, because then, then like two seconds later, we see that other teacher try to get out through the window and immediately getting eaten. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But we do get, I do like the moment where Snyder is, Snyder and Buffy kind of go off face to face where he's like, you don't tell me what to do. And she's like, actually, I do. I mm-hmm. will keep you alive. And like, that is the confidence that I, mm-hmm. that makes me love Buffy. Like, I love. So much. Right? Like, I know, like, uh, I, I've, I've had a few people be like, eh, I don't know. It feels, I'm like, but especially back then, we didn't have a lot of heroes, let alone like women who on TV who could like that were like this. And I don't know. It's yeah. like baby gay me just like loved this shit. It's a big yeah. deal. Right? It's a big deal. I mean, you, cause I don't know, you know, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, like as, as a cisgendered woman, yeah. it, we've, we've come a long ways in five yeah. years, in 10 years. And uh, we are progressing. Some things are happening to push us back, obviously, right, yeah, but yeah. like TV and uh, TV and movies are are really moving forward and Mm. it's crazy to think how long ago it was like how short of a time it was that we didn't have this 
you know, Man. that we didn't have Buffy, um, that it was that it was okay to call somebody a bitch on television. Right. And it wasn't really even considered that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't take it for granted, but I do forget sometimes. Um, so I, I love Buffy. Yeah. Honestly, I think some of the start of it was playing with the, the fact that she is, you know, Buffy, that she is a, uh, a cheerleader, that she is, she is exactly who you expect to run up the stairs and get killed in the first mm. episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was that character. Like we, we have seen like the, like we have Ripley in the alien movies prior to this. Mm-hmm. And speaking of using the word bitch in a cool way, those get away from her, you bitch. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, we get those moments but in women that we would you know, like Ripley was originally literally written as a man right, and yeah. then they cast uh, a female lead. Uh, mm. Whereas this one is written as that cliche. She is written yeah. as the woman mm. you expect to die and she kicks ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we get Buffy argues with that and then she goes up into the roof, um, yeah. which is very diehard. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, it's something also that I like that she's dressed in these like bright, cute colors. And she's mm-hmm. like, not afraid to like just jump into the ceiling and get super fucking dirty and go, you know, beat up the vampires. She is dirty. You're up by the end of it too. Like yeah. when she drops mm-hmm. down in front of Giles, she's just covered in dust and muck. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like I love that. So she crawls through. We what is it? Does she fa- she falls through in the library first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do like like you said, we get Giles. He's like, I have to help her. She's my slayer. Yeah. And Jenny's kind of like, but Jenny's not wrong though, right? Like, oh, if you go out there, you're probably just gonna die. Like, yeah. Maybe don't. But then she, I appreciate that she does like, okay, do what you got to do by the end of that yeah. one. Like she, yeah. she's not constantly the nag. We get, we get the trope of so-and-so. What? Be safe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Take care. <laughs> um, we also do get, I forgot when they first, I think Joyce says something like, was there something wrong with their faces? And Snyder immediately goes, PCP, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I, 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 I like that we do like so early on get, oh no, he does know. And he's covered. Yeah. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I yep. kind of love that. And I, I also love that. It's not like he's not a demon. He's just an asshole. Right. Like he's a smug, sassy <laughs> yeah. golem. Yeah. Like, and yep. I really, I like that. They kept that as a through line that like, yeah, he's a piece of shit, but he's just like, there's no like superpower. There's no supernatural. He's just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, so Buffy, like they concoct their plan. We see, we see Xander come back with Angel, which is such a weird, like when he's like, "What's the plan?" And Angel just like grabs him by the yep. neck and pulls. Yeah, why him, didn't like, Angel just tell him? Just tell him, right? Yeah, just fucking tell him. I love <laughs> also that by the end, you'll see, like he asks, like you know, if if he had bit me, what would you have done? He would have been like, I would have found out if he was buying it. <laughs> like, he's yeah. like he would one hundred percent have watched Xander die in order to get what he needed to know. I like that. <laughs> That's fine. We all feel that way, honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but so she is like in the hallways, creeping around. We see Sheila come up behind her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and cat what happens something really fucking cool uh uh there is there is axe that goes into a poster of a man that's missing a leg (laughs) and the axe (laughs) smashes into the guy with the missing leg that's really cool um i didn't even notice that (laughs) didn't didn't catch that you watch you watch the episode enough you will see it um Uh, Sheila's a vampire and uh, yeah. she's about to axe Buffy. And then I guess it's 
Giles, who is screaming from the the porthole uh, window in the library, Buffy, watch out! Yeah, and uh, she turns and yeah, and she axes Sheila, and um, and still of all of that commotion and noise, the vampire who has his back right. turned right. <laughs> doesn't do anything convenient. It's very video game logic. Like she wasn't yeah. in aggro range yet, right. so it's fine. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and then uh, we get. What Buffy ushers out uh, her mom and Snyder, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get Xander and Angel, and that's when we get his encounter with Spike, um, yeah. where Spike does say, "Like, Ooh. oh, I, Will, correct me on I'm I'm I, the thing I was trying to think is where was the last time Spike would have seen Angel? Like, do we know exactly the last time Spike would have seen Angel at this point? Yeah, I mean, the last time on like on screen that he would have seen him would have been around when they when they sort of split up around the turn of the century but there are lots of other times when they do cross over at least in mention although we don't see it so we get things like uh they're gonna meet on a u-boat during world war ii they like so there are there are moments there's a whole like uh I want to say fanged4.com, I think, has uh, – there's the fan, basically, fan sites have done a really good job of chronicling every teeny tiny subtle mention that somebody makes. So they do cross over a handful of times. It's not like they haven't seen each other since they split. Um, but it's really sporadic little moments that are not – as far as I know, not on screen for uh, for the vast majority of them. It's a, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know the last time, but it has been decades at least – since they would have seen each other. So he wouldn't have seen Angel when he, but wait, wait, wouldn't, isn't in Fool for Love, Angel's like already not like quote unquote bad? Oh in, yeah. Yeah. He's, so in Fool for Love, mm-hmm. we see the flashback of him back in 1901, uh, 1900. Uh, and at that point, when they go to kill, like when, when Spike kills his first Slayer, at that point, mm-hmm. the gypsy curse has, which again, already a little, you know, Gypsy, not the right term to be using for reminding people. Uh, but the curse has been put on Angel that gives him back his soul. Mm-hmm. So even as Spike is reveling from having killed his first Slayer, Angel is like pretending to still be bad, but isn't. Uh, and right. that's the moment when we see uh, Darla offers him a baby is like, hey, here you go. Eat this baby in front of me. And Angel's <laughs> like, I won't kill a baby. I'm running away. Uh, yeah. and, and they get mad at each other. So that's the moment when they stop being the four of them. Uh, and okay. So we don't see them together as a, as a, you know, quartet again after that point. So it has been a hundred and almost 20 years since they've okay. been like a team, but they do cross paths once or twice. Okay. Cause I was, them. I was trying to remember, I was like, but did they ever fight between this? Like I was trying to remember if he would have known angel was like, had a soul or good. I think like they've gotten the sense that he's gone soft, that he's not okay. willing to do the kinds of things that he used to do, but I don't think it's, it's clear to him that he okay. like what actually happened until. Okay. But so Buffy. Angel, Angel offers Xander's neck. Uh, Spike f- does not fall for it and knows that Angel is like tricking him. Right. Yeah. He does the yeah, like, you were my it, sire, yeah. you were my Yoda, which I do like. <laughs> yeah, I love that moment. You were my Yoda, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget how we transition from that to Spike fighting Buffy. How does oh, that even, yeah. Uh, we do see she dusts another vampire in front of him. Yeah. No, no. Okay. So they run out. There's a whole scuffle. 
And then Spike doesn't run out with them to chase Angel because he smells Buffy. Yes. Right, yeah, that's it. All right, the other right. vampires leave and he yeah, he smells a And a he slayer. says, Fee Fi Fo Fum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then doesn't run him at the end of that one. It's I smell a, a little girl or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and I do like that this is their first fight. I like yeah. that he like punches the wall and he's like, that hurt. Not as much as this is going to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like they're so good. And I so good. Then we get the really big moment of, you know, he yes. has that nail at the board and mm-hmm. a cat who knocks Spike over. Joyce. Yeah. With an axe. You stay the hell away from my daughter. Right. And Will, you mentioned Ripley earlier, and I really feel like this is yep. like some, right. Like I really feel like it was like kind of a like wink to Ripley, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Because, like, Ripley's also, it's not saving her daughter, but it's, like, she's saving a right. child from the uh, alien queen. And, like, I, I fucking love this moment. And I really, mm-hmm. really wish we had gotten just a few more like this. Like, we never see Joyce, yeah. like, fight, fight again. We get better moments with her later, but this is her first, I think, first and only, like, fighting scene. Yeah. 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 It's badass. I love that Spike, when she... When she hits him with the axe, Spike falling to a ground is in slow slow motion. Yeah. Which is such a cool scene. Yeah. And that's this and is that, the climax, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it feels so cinematic to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes the reveal more fun, right? That mm-hmm. it's like her fucking mom. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, we talked about how like Joyce was being too hard on her, but I like that Joyce is still like, no, that's my fucking daughter. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And, and so not. It's still- yeah, it's still in character, but you're yes. getting that she she's a mama bear, like th- yeah. that she she wants to protect her daughter in the same ways that she wanted to protect her by grounding her for being a bad student. She wants to protect <laughs> her from being physically hurt. Yeah, right. And then Spike yells "women" and runs off. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's my weakness? Women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I love also, you'll get the callback to this moment when we finally do see Spike, like, being welcomed into the house. Yeah. And you get mm-hmm. her like, don't I know you? Yeah, you, you hit me over the head with an axe that one time. Remember? Stay away from my daughter. And they're like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Just this casual beat. I love that moment. Yes. Oh, I love Spike and Joyce together. I know. Together. They're watching Passions together. Oh, yes. no. She's got the little marshmallows. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. We kind of... Spike runs off and that's kind of, you know, the vampires have all run out. We see Snyder talking to the police and he's doing mm-hmm. where we learn even more of like how much he knows. And, and he even says, right, he even says like, what do you want to do? Tell them the truth? Yeah. Insinuating that he knows they're vampires, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Gangs and drugs. Gangs and drugs. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, there, there's something about that that I do really like that. I think it's after Bad Eggs. I thought it was this episode, but it's, I think it's at the end of Bad Eggs when he's like, tell the mayor, like, right. we got it under what? control or whatever. And, you know, we don't ever see the mayor till season three. Like in season two, yeah. that's not even, there's no plot there. It's just- They're just bit by bit dropping these yeah. larger pieces. Yeah. Um, I love how they set that up. Yeah, right? I think that's like so good. And so we get, we get the like wrap up. And I do like that Willow and Cordelia are still hiding in the utility uh-huh. closet. <laughs> 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 we get, uh, Joyce kind of tells her daughter that she's proud of her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then she's yes. not in trouble, even though she's been effing up. Yeah. And then our last uh, moment is what is, our, <laughs> what is what does Spike do in the last moment, Kat? Oh my god. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's very cute the way that James Marsters plays this because, like, <laughs> f- you know, first of all, he shows humility towards Drew, mm-hmm. like which mm-hmm. is genuine. Yeah. You know. And then he goes to grovel to um, <laughs> to the uh, well, what's the anointed one and those vampires, and you think for a second that he's gonna like bow down to them. And he's like, "Who am I kidding? I would have done it just like this." And you know what else I would have done? And he grabs the anointed and throws him in a cage and lifts him up and burns him. And then he and Drew in a, a beautiful shot dance away together to that creepy ass music while yes. it shows the cage sizzling and the in the dust sun. coming down. Yes. So good. <laughs> I think, yeah, I just, I love that moment. Yeah, I think it's yeah. so good. <laughs> so good. And again, it was a good way for them to wrap up the anointed one. Like, they really yeah. just didn't need to show him, but I appreciate that <sighs> they did and they, like, gave Spike a cool moment of, like, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna get rid of this one. I don't fucking care. Yep. <laughs> and that kind of tells us, I, I really feel the thing I think about a lot of Buffy characters and like Spike included, but like, I think most of them, they are mostly fully formed. Like they do feel well thought out mm-hmm. when they're on screen. And I really like that, you know? And like with people like Cordelia and Giles, like their evolution feels organic rather than just like, we're gonna rewrite this character. You're right. Mm-hmm. And that's I, that's what I really like about this show is like that first everyone's like, you know, I think maybe Anya is the only one that's not. But that's just she's really just the demon and we don't see her do much else. But even like when she's with Cordelia in her first episode, she's still like kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I love that. OK, we are at the end here. Um, Kat, what was your favorite scene? Oh, my God. Probably, probably Spike, uh, Spike's entrance. Yeah, if I'm being honest, there's another little mini scene where um, uh, Angel and Buffy are are she's like calling him out like, Angel, how come you didn't show up at the bronze last night? Oh, you said you might be there. I was playing cool. Come on. And then (laughs) and then and then um, uh, Willow points out. She's like, wow, you've been dating for 200 years, even if you and she's like, that's like 400 dates. And Angel and uh, Buffy look at her and and she goes i just i love um she points the camera just goes to willow patting the mace and going hey why do they call it a mace yes (laughs) (laughs) it is that that. is a really good scene i do like that it made me like i forgot about that scene when i was rewatching and i did laugh out loud yeah will what was your favorite scene i really i'm I want to to say it was is Spike and, and Drew's first moments because they're so mm. good. And then also mm. that Miss Edith scene. Like every moment that they're on screen together is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. But I gotta go with the Joyce climax on this one. Like it it really did. I yeah. liked that moment because uh it actually changed a dynamic moving forward. Like it was important in the yes. way that the character arcs were important. Uh and it was important both for Spike and, of course, for for Joyce and her mom, or, or, or Buffy and her mom. Yeah. So, like, I like like that was the most satisfying moment there. But literally, every time that we see Marsters and Landau on screen together is just mm-hmm. absolute liquid fire. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna. I I also have two. It's Joyce hitting Spike with the axe, and then mm-hmm. Spike's intro running over the Sunnydale sign. <laughs> yeah. I just both so, so good. good, so good. 
What was your favorite outfit, Kat? Oh my god. Well, okay. Um, besides <laughs> Spike's outfit, his iconic <laughs> outfit, which by the way, I was able to piece together from just going to um to Goodwill. Oh, I love that. I did I did manage to find a leather jacket for like $35 on Poshmark and I had to like cut it up the back so that it f- it flies around more. Um, but it's, it's going to be great. Um but I will say god, Buffy's little white wrap skirt that she wears at the freaking um faculty meet or like the you yeah, know parent yeah. teacher parent night. night. Yeah. The little wrap skirt with her little white Mary Janes and it's just <laughs> so 90s and I just love it so much. And I appreciate it because, you know, once she graduates high school, she stops wearing those tiny little skirts and dresses. Yeah. She yeah. just starts wearing I don't I mean it's frumpy they start dressing her really frumpy like <gasps> one of, I'm so Got sorry it. I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm a very girly girl but one of the one of, and I appreciate the fact no no and also let me say as a feminist I really appreciate the fact that they do start dressing her in like pants and stuff Call and that it's, they're not trying to sexualize Buffy anymore I really do love that I also do appreciate the fact that Spike seems to only be sexually and romantically interested in her when she does start wearing the giant coats right? (laughs) and not not when she's wearing the tiny little skirts. I do appreciate that. Well, I have to give one thing away about my show is that when um, our Buffy comes out to do her burlesque number, she's going to come out wearing a giant coat and then she's going to strip and she's going to be wearing another coat underneath. (laughs) (laughs) And then she'll actually, and then she'll actually, you know, but yeah, I the white that. skirt. My God, the white skirt. So good. Uh, Will, what was your favorite outfit? Oh, it's got to be Spikes. I mean, uh, like if you go to a, a Comic-Con, you could have like a Buffy and Spike cosplayers and yeah, someone yeah. could be wearing literally the exact same clothes. They could have the white skirt and the green top mm-hmm. and the little purple, whatever. Uh, and they could have like literally the exact same clothes and be a doppelganger for Sarah Michelle Gellar. And people would still not realize that they're in a cosplay whereas mm-hmm. you get somebody like you said like you could go to goodwill and find a very dark red shirt a light red mm-hmm. over shirt and a black coat and like mm-hmm. throw some bottle blonde on that and it's like you could be a completely opposite body type and you know it's spike like it's just you know it's it became the iconic spike look yeah. uh so I, I love yeah i love i love that look for him he does occasionally wear like the hawaiian tees and stuff and that's fun too yeah. uh, but this of course was his look i remember i went to a like drag once more feeling uh, show uh-huh. awesome. forever ago and there was this like very hot lesbian as Spike and I went up there and I was like you look great as Spike like I have a crush on you <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uh, been strange have you seen the photos of me online uh, as yes. Spike yeah, okay, so- it's good it's good my God. Okay. So um, my, my friend, Polly Amberos, who's an amazing drag artist, um, mm. she did my makeup for that shoot. I will not be able to, that was an hour, hour worth of makeup. I won't be able, <laughs> I'm going to have like 15 minutes to change my characters backstage. But um, all day when I was walking around like that, cause I've never, um, I'll do, I'll do drag. Um, mm. I will, I will go and sing and do drag brunches and stuff like that but i've never done a drag king stuff okay mm-hmm. i as much as i love spike i love him to pieces and i think i'm really going to enjoy being him on stage i did not like 
feel I did not like being like that so masculine looking but like people like I I posted the picture on my personal Facebook account and my friends were all like oh my god (laughs) you look look so hot like I'm really digging this and I'm like no (laughs) I had a I had a burlesque friend like will you please come and do drag as Spike at my burlesque show and I'm like I don't want this to be a thing like I want to I want to fuck Spike. I don't want to. <laughs> want to be him. Yeah. I want to be him. Um, this is weird. <laughs> Listen, the problem the problem I have as a gay man. I mean, <laughs> do I want to be him or do I want to fuck him? Um, my so my favorite outfit is actually. I feel like Spike's outfit is such a staple that like I do love it, but it's just like he wears it all the time, and that's like yeah. This, yeah I think I really like Cordelia wears this like black mini dress with like the oh, red so flower. Good. I think it looks yeah. so cute. And I mean, she's gorgeous, so she wears things well. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I just really like that dress on her. And she has really great hair. And I she even mm-hmm. like always her hair looks thick always. even when it's just like up. So I, I think she looks great. She's so gorgeous. Right. What grade do we give this episode? Will, you're the teacher here. You give us the first grade. <laughs> oh, it was hard. Cause like if if I'm grading just on like, you know, shows that you need to watch and shows that you can skip, this one would be in the like you you need this one in order to watch yeah. the series. But overall, I, I went down to a B on this one, I think, uh, weighing everything. It's a cornerstone episode, great one-liners, introduces lots of my favorite elements. But compared to those later seasons, it's just not right. as refined. Like nothing terrible. It's just a little clumsier than it's gonna be. So yeah. B for me. That's fair. Uh, Kat? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Will's right and that like other episodes uh, further yeah. on in the series are are so much better if you're comparing that. Um, I would give it an A-. Okay. Um, just because I do think it's a really, really great episode. And I think there's so many incredible, iconic scenes. And you're right, Will. You do have to watch this episode. This is an origin yeah. episode, right? Yeah. yeah, essential. Like, if you're going to compare it, my favorite episode is um, Full for Love. Mm-hmm. So... I yep. love anytime, anytime you put Spike in an origins, like in a back, which is why I love your book so much. Um, <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So compared to like episodes like that, but it's still really good. So A minus. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I, it's always hard with Buffy episodes because right, like even like a lesser episode of Buffy is still better than a lot of other television. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yes. And like, but then also you gotta be like, but there's so, there's so many better episodes, but this episode's right. still good. And it's like, so yeah, I landed on B plus. I was like on the fence with a minus B plus because mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, this is a really good episode, but there are so many more that are like, a zillion times better, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean this one is bad, right? So, yep. All right. Well, thank you both for joining me. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. This was ridiculously fun. <laughs> yeah. And thank you all for listening. If you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you want to support us on Patreon, it would be much appreciated. We are finishing up Harley Quinn season two over there and finishing up What If season one. Um, and then we'll be moving on to Harley Quinn season three. We, you can find us on social media at SlayerFestX98. You can find me at Carlos. Kat, where can everyone find you and get tickets to your show? Yeah. So um, I am uh, Twitter and Instagram and all that Cat Roby show spelled phonetically um, with a K. And um, if you want to follow us, we are Cat Roby Show's Misfit Cabaret or Misfit Cabaret. And it's krmisfitcabaret.com. Um, and it's uh, October 7th to 22nd. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic. 
fantastic. We have drag. We have burlesque. <laughs> we have a uh, fight choreography. Um, we have Ariel. It's and live music. A phenomenal, phenomenal band. By Ariel, are you are, are like people on uh, on wires, or are they doing uh, like like ribbon show? What what's what kind of Ariel are you doing? Oh, so for this particular show, it's Chain Ariel. Ooh. We got we have uh, their name is uh, Dragonessa, and mm. they are doing Nandor. From what oh we do in the shadows. Oh my I god, I love that. There. And we'll and we'll be performing uh You're Dead, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they are going to the cool thing about their chain aerial is that they actually hang by their teeth. What? Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. So it's very wild. Cool. <laughs> oh my god. I wish I were down there. That sounds like an amazing show. We're actually we will um we film every single show professionally. Uh oh, cool. and so we will live stream this on Stellar Tickets, I think, the week of Halloween. Oh, nice, cool. nice. Cool. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. And Will, where can everyone find you and buy your books? Yeah, uh, you can find Bloody Fool for Love as well as any of my other. I also did the Jacoby series and a middle grade Audemeyer series. Uh, pretty much anywhere books are sold. I know in your shop in Barnes & Noble or just in, I always like to support your local indie. Check in with them. Ask them to order things. Indies love doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at, uh, at Will O The Words. And or my uh, webs, uh, my my uh, uh, WordPress that I don't update nearly often enough is <laughs> rwillritter.wordpress.com. And will do you not have Instagram? I technically have an Instagram. I have never ever 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 updated, so not even. Worth it. <laughs> I was trying to find you to tag you in it earlier, and I was like, I can't fucking find him. I'm gonna ask him what I'm it nothing. is. I know I should. Well, thank you both so much. Um, and also, we have a Halloween show coming up in New York City. Um, I'm, I have the link in the body of this post, wherever you're downloading the episode or listening to the episode. You can find the link to the tickets on Eventbrite. It will be at Stonewall in New York City on October 29th. It'll be a live reading of the Season 2 Halloween episode. Um, so I hope to see anyone there who wants to come, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.